Hail Dictinus, grant us clear voices, strong sound, and good reads. Let us drink wine to remember what kind of mystical beauties life offers us and to comprehend what sort of potions existence has. Welcome to Potions, the 212th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of Turkish playwright Mehmet Murad Ildan. You may call me Ode. Merry meet. My name is Gwyn, Ode's mother, and a very happy potion maker. Mm-hmm. I make lots of potions. Yes, you do. We're going to start with housekeeping. So do we have any housekeeping? No. Yule is coming up in a yes. couple of days. It's going to be tomorrow as of the time this goes up, the edited version. So let us take this moment right now, and we can again at the end, to wish you a blessed and happy Yule, mm-hmm. happy Christmas. Which, and whichever holiday Whatever holiday you do, Hanukkah. You do, or if you don't, just have a good day. Just, good just chill out. Just chill. Free holiday. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we are house kept and... House swept. Very good. So, we're going to be talking about potions today. That's right. I guess the first big question is, what counts as a potion? Well, traditionally, mm-hmm. a potion, if you go by the Cambridge definition, is a liquid that is believed to have magical effect. Another definition is a drink that is believed to be poisonous, to have magical power, or to be able to cure an illness. Mm-hmm. But modern practitioners really think of potions as a lot more than just something you imbibe. Mm -hmm. It can also be something that is uh, an oil mixture that you can put on your skin. See, I was going to ask you about oils mm -hmm. later. Or or a balm that, you know, or things like that. So it can be a liquid form. It can be a gaseous form. It can be... uh, I'm not sure I agree with that necessarily. One of our patrons, Alicia Noble, said they define it as a semi-liquid mixture made with intention. Yes, and definitely... A potion, however you define it, mm-hmm. and different people have different definitions. I do tend to go more with liquid, mm-hmm. something in a liquid form. Intention is what makes it a potion. Mm-hmm. Whether it's uh, water or vinegar or wine or some other kind of spirits, whatever whatever your base whatever your might base be. might be, along with whether whether it's herbs or whatever. Um, it is what you're putting those things together for that mm-hmm. make it a potion. Mm-hmm. What the purpose of yeah, it is. Yeah, the purpose of it. Exactly. So for to create a potion, like any spell really, right. you need intention. So what is the purpose of the potion? What is it going to do or manifest or encourage? What type of potion is it? Is it ingestible mm-hmm. or is it something that um, is not meant? Non-consumable. Yes, non-consumable. And how do you intend to use it, whether you ingest it or use it on your skin or pour it out or whatever? And then the ingredients. What are what are you making? Mm-hmm. Are you Ma- making? What are you making it with? Yeah. Are you making a tincture? Are you making a brew? Are you making a concoction or a decoction? There's all kinds of, all kind of things you can make. I'm going to need to pause here. Mm-hmm. Is a concoction a specific thing i always thought a concoction was just like you mix a bunch of shit together yeah it pretty much is okay but i'm, I'm asking you from like your your herbalism training yeah. is like it like is a concoction because i know like a tisane and a tincture are, are like specific well like you I make can, those in specific ways right is a concoction like that where it's a specific thing well i i tend to use the word concoction a lot but and and yeah lore, lore says what is a decoction a decoction is actually when you take water and you boil bark or nuts or seeds or roots things that are are hard, hard and and hard you know, material yeah hard materials 
and you boil them and create your brew, if you will. And it's your, called a decoction? It's, a, it's called officially a decoction. I had no idea. Yeah. And infusion is when you take water uh-huh. and you put herbs in it or leaves or berries. Soft materials. Soft materials. And it does end with a decoction. It will boil or it will steep, rather. It will steep a lot longer okay. than an infusion. I yeah. did not realize. I did not know this. Yeah. So, yeah, so you have different types of potions that you can make. An asperge, where you can, you know, you create a water mixture Mm -hmm. that you flick and anoint people with. Of course, you can create some kind of water that you're going, you know, or brew that you're going to put into a bath. Mm -hmm. Or something that you're going to bathe your face. a wash. And then, of course, you got brews, coffee. So, Laura says, is bone broth a decoction then? Because you boil the bones? Yeah, you that would be, you could think of it like a decoction. Yeah, and soups. Yes, many of, many foods. Yeah, I many believe, foods, uh, juices can be potions. Can be potions. Can be created into potions. That's why potion making and kitchen witchery go hand in hand. Closely so entwined. Elixirs. You have tinctures. Now, so define an elixir. An elixir is really when you are dissolving a powder into a liquid and then sweetening it. Okay. So the people who call those things that are like a stone in water an elixir are only right because they don't understand the water solubility of some stones (laughs) and that they literally will turn to powder. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, tinctures are always made with 80 to 140 proof alcohol. Right. Like vodka, brandy, gin. Things of that I think, nature. I think uh, clear spirits are the standard Yeah, clear one, yeah. Sp- spirits. That's how you make a tincture. And that's a longer brew. That's a that's a longer, you're, you're infusing the herbs into that liquid longer. Yeah, it's almost like, um, it's almost like fermentation. Yeah. And so the longer you would, you would do that, the longer you could put your intention. That's mm-hmm. a, that's something that you would do for a, a long spell, if yeah. you will. Or at least setup takes setup. a long time. Yeah, setup takes a long time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you can use water, sparkling water, fruit and vegetable juice, tea, milk. Mm-hmm. You can use all kinds of things to make a potion. The big question for me that I wanted to, I guess, start with now that we've gone through some some definitions mm-hmm. is the consumable versus non-consumable debate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because there are definitely people who say that, like, if you can't ingest it, it doesn't count as a potion. Mm-hmm. That, like, a potion is a thing you ingest. I don't think that's necessarily true, but I understand where it comes from mm-hmm. because frequently it feels like a non-ingestible potion, especially if we're talking about liquid potions, mm-hmm. is going to be just something that you keep on a shelf in a bottle. And at that point, it feels like a witch bottle to me. Mm-hmm. It, and I would agree with that. It does feel like a witch bottle. But so I like guess, what distinguishes it, I guess? I think I think I would say a potion that you don't consume but not necessarily keep on a shelf would be something that you would pour into a bath or something okay. you use on your face or something you use so to there's cleanse like an your act, skin. There's an active use of some yeah. kind. Yeah. If you use it in some form, whether it's ingestible mm-hmm. or not, it's a potion. Mm-hmm. If it sits on a shelf somewhere, it's a witch bottle or mm-hmm. a jar spell or something like that. That's how I would look at it. Yeah. I think everybody I think has, that makes sense. Yeah, I think different people will have different opinions. Right. And, because obviously this is like 
This yeah. is ambiguous shit. <laughs> yeah. Like for me, I, I believe you can you can even count mixing of oils that you use on the skin. Mm-hmm. You know, for some people, including myself, could be counted as a potion depending on what you're using it for. But yeah, more the more traditional understanding of a potion is going to be something that is liquid and something that you are going to drink or imbibe mm-hmm. in some way. So make sure if you're making a traditional potion, make sure you're using, you're, you're doing your research. And that all and your ingredients are food safe. Food safe, non-poisonous, uh-huh. and edible. Rochelle says, so consumable, but not necessarily ingestible. And I think I like mm-hmm. that. Uh, I, I think I like that because it sort of reminds me of D&D potions, where mm-hmm. some of them clearly are not supposed to be something you imbibe, but mm-hmm. it's like a balm or something yeah, like that. But exactly. it is consumable in the sense that once you use it, it is gone. Exactly. That's why I think of balms and oils that you mix together that you mm-hmm. would use on the skin. I think of those as a kind of a potion. Luker says they consider cosmetics as potions. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially if you're using it. Uh, uh, I use cosmetics as, as, as like glamour magic. Yeah, as glamour yeah. magic. And we've talked about mm-hmm. that before in our glamour magic uh, episode. episode. One of my favorite potions to use, and it was also listed in um, the Witch's Book of Spellcraft. It was one of Ari Mankey's contributions, is uh, rose water for confidence when um, going on a job interview or in some kind of a meeting. For me, it tends to be more about a glamour magic. Mm-hmm. Um, or in, you know, But it's also a similar kind of instilling A rose, a rose wash is a very old kind of exactly. magic. It's, you'll find a lot of rose water washes for yeah. a lot of use cases because it's a very old tradition. And, of course, I've used it myself mm-hmm. for years. I've used rose water. Uh, tulip water, mm-hmm. um, flower water, fla- just general. some kind of flower essence water. Always make sure if you're going to use flower water that it's and you're, you're making it yourself. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that it's from flowers that don't have pesticides on them. Yep. Um, don't go get like supermarket roses. Right, <laughs> right. If you're, you know, like I love to grow my own roses and then use mm-hmm. them to create rose, yeah. rose water or tulip water or violet water. Mm-hmm. But always make sure that you know what's on that flower. <laughs> and rinse them before uh-huh. you make your wash with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> rinse them again to get anything that might be on it off yeah. of it. You can pour it in your bath. You can pour it on your body. Splash it on your face. And I think the the flower washes come from older, like, folk traditions. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much these were actually practiced because they sound extremely labor-intensive. But there are folk traditions of, like maidens on certain days would go out and gather dew from the flowers Mm -hmm. and use that to beautify themselves. Like, Mm -hmm. there are folk tales about that kind of thing. And I think that's where that comes from. Much easier to do nowadays. (laughs) Gathering dew is tricky. It's Uh it's easier just to... So I want to talk about food potions. Oh, yeah. Food potions. This is one of my favorites. Yeah. So I think any soup made by a kitchen witch is a potion. Can be, if they're putting their intention Uh into it. Tea, coffee. Lemonade. Mm -hmm. Lemonade is a big one. I don't know if I think everything you eat is necessarily a potion, even though I think a kitchen witch can make anything you eat into a spell. Mm -hmm. 
But I don't know if I would consider like a kitchen witch making bread to be a kitchen witch making a potion. No, no. I think it would have to be more in the liquid family. Yeah. Uh, for, you know, I think. That a, just feels intuitive to me. I don't yeah. think there's a good reason for that, like taxonomically. Yeah. I think it just feels correct. But like making a soup or a broth or mm-hmm. like my favorite uh kitchen witchy potion to make is lavender lemonade yeah oh god you know i love to make that because it's part it's you know it it comes from that sweetening spell concept Uh from from root work stirring Mm -hmm. sweetness into and kindness and getting along vibes you know but also everybody we're gonna have we're gonna drink our get along lemonade get along (laughs) lemonade you know lemons can can bring brightness and you know cleansing cleansing Lavender can be very protective. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's all kinds of things you can stir into that potion that you're serving to people. Well, and like we're going to make ham and bean soup. I make that every year. Yeah, we're going to make that for the new year. That's mm-hmm. a tradition in our family. And like that's a potion, I think. That's our it that's is. our best wishes for the new year bound up in soup. Yep, that we're all going to then eat. <laughs> absolutely. I've been and We're going to make it with a ham bone and And I do. I stir my uh-huh. intention into it as I'm as I'm stirring in my my little kitcheny cauldron. Mhm. You know. So don't ever think that you're, you know, you don't have a cauldron just because it's not cast iron and right. traditional looking. You have a big soup pot, you, you have, have a cauldron. cauldron. Yep. Also, a cast iron soup pot would be so heavy but so good. Oh yeah. When you think of potions, mm-hmm. going back to our original definition, right. what you imagine is what folklore and right. and TV and imagery has given us. That it'll have all kinds of weird shit in They'll it. They'll have all <laughs> kinds of weird shit in it and it's brewed, I Newton. Yeah, and it's brewed over a fire uh-huh. in a big ass cauldron. But, and the witches are cackling uh-huh. as they're staring, yeah. you know. <laughs> double double toil and trouble. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but that's that's really even traditionally I think back in the day, mm-hmm. that, that was an exaggeration. That was an exaggeration. Yeah. Well, and it wasn't completely because people genuinely did like make their normal food yeah, in a true. cauldron mm-hmm. because most of them were making it on a hearth. Right. So like a cauldron was just a cooking utensil yeah, back yeah. in the day, basically. But the thought of like you have to have special tools to mm-hmm. make it or whatever, that's not accurate yeah. because what they were describing in those folktales, even mm-hmm. though they're not common cooking tools for us now, mm-hmm. they were the standard cooking tools of the day. Yep, yep. And they were making brews and potions. Mm-hmm. They were creating teas for health and, yep. and for longevity. For some of them, that was the only health uh, resources they had access to. Yeah, I mean, think about, you know, we'd, we've done the herbalism episode, and there's mm-hmm. so many books on herbalism out there. You know, and herbs are our spirit allies. And so, mm-hmm. of course, when you're making a tea... Or, it says water. Yeah, which water. Which is the base of all the bases. All, exactly. <laughs> and so when you're making a soup or a tea or a tincture or any of these potions, anytime you make it and mm-hmm. you're you're infusing it with different types of plant materials mm-hmm. or, or different fruits or different, uh, just any kind of different material, whatever you're making. Whatever whatever edible thing you're putting in the pot. Whatever edible thing you're putting in the pot. So, yeah, a lot of times we do these things mindless. We're not thinking about mm-hmm. it. But when you put that intention, it automatically becomes a potion. Yeah, without any further... Without any further... Energy expenditure. Exactly. Because you already expend so much energy just in cooking things. Mm -hmm. I think this is something we overlook. Cooking takes a lot of, like, both mental Mm -hmm. and and physical energy. Mm -hmm. We really undervalue the, the energy that just on a normal, like, baseline level goes Mm -hmm. into 
feeding yourself. Yeah, yeah. And it just, it occurs to me, because, you know, you've got a lot of people who are, you know, have to use a microwave because mm-hmm. they just don't have time or they have to use convenience. If you are making yourself a cup of soup, mm-hmm. like, you know. Like one of those ramen cups. Ramen cups. Stir some intention into that while mm-hmm. you're stirring your your herbs and your noodles once mm-hmm. they're cooked. Yeah. You know? once, once you, when you put in the flavor packet. Yeah, stir it. <laughs> With your with an intention, uh-huh. you know it does. Even if you don't it know what yeah. the, what the different herbs in there are, if you like you're studying for something or right. you need some energy or you're just doing it for you know you're stir just, stir focus into stir your cup of noodle focus into your cups of you know of noodle and mm-hmm. you just sit there and yeah, and I think it can be that simple. Yeah, it can be that simple. I think that's the thing is people kind of think potion making, mm-hmm. you know, because of the way it sounds right. and the history and thing, you know, you think love potions and all these kind of things you, that it has to be this complicated thing, but it really isn't. Mm-hmm. All you you want to make a potion gain courage. Right. Okay. Oh, get some spices in there. Get, get a mug, mm-hmm. fill it with water and stick it in your microwave if you don't have a mm-hmm. kettle. Get a, a box of tea. Mm-hmm. You got the those uh, teas you can go to the store. They already got all the intentions uh-huh, listed that's on true. there. That's true. You know, um, I would get like a turmeric tea or something. Yeah, for that. get a turmeric tea. Put for your the t- color most. Yeah, put your tea bag in there, mm-hmm. and as you're holding that mug, think about what it is that you want that turmeric mm-hmm. to do for you. Mm-hmm. It's already got the the medicinal value and right. the, the the natural qualities, the natural of, the qualities of the herb. But what does that turmeric say it's going to do for you? Mm-hmm. Negotiate. Negotiate. <laughs> and as you're holding that and you're thinking about it, you're imbuing that with your intention, with magic. And you have created a potion mm-hmm. right then and there. And then you drink the sucker. Yep. And take your time. Enjoy it. Feel it as that intention is enveloping your body as you drink the tea. Mm-hmm. That is potion making at its ba- most basic. Yep. Loop Guru says there's like garlic and parsley in those packs most of the time, and MSG could be used as an amplifier. Mm-hmm. I have never thought I never have of either. using MSG as an amplifier, but that is a legitimately like galaxy brain take, Loop Guru. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Join our tiger Amanda and relax with the salts of Wonderful Body Co. These soaks and scrubs, inspired by popular books and characters, are designed to delight multiple senses with fragrant scents and sparkling mica. You can also find rollerball fragrances and hair oils. With dozens of options available, you're sure to find something you like in the Wonderful Body Co. collection. This week, I'm recommending Cider, available as a bath salt or ritual oil, with scents of blue lavender, cedarwood, smoke, bergamot, oak moss, and clary sage. Find Wonderful Body Co. online at wonderfulbodyco.com, or go directly to the shop at etsy.com slash shop slash wonderfulbodyco. Something I have occasionally thought of as like, hmm, might be a potion, is medications. Mm, mm-hmm. So like ibuprofen, a potion of pain relief. Is your depression meds a, a potion of brain stabilizing? That's an interesting concept because it's a pill. Mm-hmm. You are taking it with water. Mm-hmm. I guess it depends on how you, how you think of it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have a cough syrup. Right. That That's unambiguous because it's got the whole liquid component. Because it's got the whole liquid component. You could definitely, or or those, um, 
you know, like an Alka Seltzer or or those kinds yeah, of Yeah, that you dissolve into a things that you dissolve mm-hmm. into or make a tea out of, you know, they've got some of those mm-hmm. nighttime brews that you can create. Yeah, or they got like ginger drinks you can they make when you're. They got ginger drinks, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't thought of though of of taking a, you know, if you're taking your medication and infusing it with water while you drink it. Mm-hmm. That's a really good interesting concept to explore. Yeah. Yeah. And sort of the related question to that is if something comes pre-made mm-hmm. and even like mass produced, mm-hmm. can it still function e- w- even with no input from you can it still function as a potion? Because I would like to argue that my hand soap is a potion of clean. Okay? Proceed. Okay. So we've got this hand soap in our bathroom right now, which is uh, orange and clove scented. Mm-hmm. And to me, oranges naturally have the, the qualities of clean and health and also prosperity. Mm-hmm. Um, and cloves have a prosperity association for me. Mm-hmm. And I love this hand soap because every time I use it to wash my hands, I feel clean and rejuvenated Mm -hmm. in a way that I don't always with other hand soaps with scents that I don't associate with those things. Mm -hmm. So like, even though this is a mass produced hand soap that I am, and I'm I'm not ingesting it, but Mm -hmm. it is consumable in the Mm -hmm. sense that I use it and then it goes away, Mm -hmm. is my hand soap that I just got from the grocery store a potion when it triggers these associations in me? I think so. Because you're putting it as you're using the soap to wash your hands, mm-hmm. you are imbuing that material right? with, with your intention and understanding and, and with energy. Those, and with and those, those vibes, those that, are, vibes. that are triggered by yeah. the scent of orange and clove that are mm-hmm. in the soap. Yes, I think so. I, I would definitely think so, especially if that is something that is speaking to you. Now, your regular ivory soap... And you're just washing it every day. No, but if it is something that triggers that, but here's the emotion, thing. For some why people, not? for some people, ivory soap might be that. Thing. Well, I know, but that's what I'm saying. It's like I right. think as long a, as it, if you have the emotional magical connection in your brain. Yes, I think liquid soap is potion, even if it's mass produced. Mm-hmm. If it is invoking an energy and intention within you, even unconsciously, mm-hmm. so then you can start consciously. Engaging, engaging with that, with that, that magic and that intention. Magic. Exactly. Rana Gray asks, liquid soap is potion of clean? Yes, but what is bar of soap? And Lore says, bar of soap is inactivated potion. Adding water becomes foamy potion. Yes, and that's where we get into the concept that a solid thing mm-hmm. can, become can become a, a potion. potion. Like a like a bouillon cube uh-huh. becomes a broth. Yeah. Once it's introduced to the pot of water. Or a bar of soap, once it's introduced to water, mm-hmm. it becomes foamy and you can... It, the, it's partially activated, I yes. guess. And then the bar becomes inactive again when you put it out of the water. Or what about a bath bomb for those of yeah. those of us who enjoy a bath? You get a bath bomb and you ha- it has a particular scent and it has particular herbs and you toss it in there and it melts and distributes through the water and it is in you are infusing it with a particular intention. You're using it because you have a particular need. Mm-hmm. Yes. And with this argument, I would say pills are inactive potions the same way bar soap yeah. is an inactive potion. Yeah, they, and it becomes if, a potion when it's introduced I, with the, the water. And I think a lot of it depends on if you view it that uh-huh. way. Yeah. Yeah. 
We're doing taxonomical work here. Yeah. And, and just remember that this is our opinion. Mm-hmm. If you have a different opinion, if for you, follow potions, your vibes. You know, potions are very specific. Mm-hmm. Follow your vibes. Follow what works for you. Like, can an ink be a potion? Be a potion. Dragon's blood. I think, yeah, because you, it's consumable. You use it and it goes away. Yeah, you're just not imbibing uh-huh. it. You're using it to, to scribe your uh-huh. words and yeah. your intentions. Yeah, I think you can make that argument. Rhiannon asked, waterless soap, a spell scroll perhaps, like in D&D, a consumable item that has a spell written on it, so even someone who couldn't normally cast a spell can make the spell happen. Why not? Sure. Yeah, that's an interesting premise. That's an interesting premise. I think magic is all around us. Now, Rashala makes an interesting point. She says, I think the bath itself becomes the potion with a bath bomb. The bath bomb is just the ingredients, like the herbs you add to your soup. If the bath bomb itself is the potion, then wouldn't the jar of thyme in your cupboard be the potion also? Mm-hmm. I think that's a question of, are you using the bath bomb with other things? Or mm-hmm. is the bath bomb the whole the whole ingredient list? I would say the bath bomb is the whole ingredient list, and it is... And it's just add to water. Add to water. And at that point, I think that makes it an inactive potion, whereas the jar of thyme in your cupboard, that I'm not going to make just a thyme potion, probably. Right, right. I mean, you hypothetically could, but Mm -hmm. I'm not going to. Right. So I think that's different. I think that is an ingredient, a spirit ally. Mm -hmm. um, Something that when combined with with other things, with other elements can become a potion. Can become a potion. But is not like de facto, like its purpose is not to just exist as an inactive potion. Whereas a bath Mm -hmm. bomb does one thing and it is bomb the bath. (laughs) Now I, I do want to talk about a very particular and famous potion that many people still use today. That began its life as a cologne. Yes. Is still a cologne, Mm -hmm. but is one of the best cleansing potions Mm -hmm. that we know of, and that is Florida water. Yep. It started out as an as a as a perfume in the 1800s in France. Mm -hmm. And uh it now we know of it as uh one of the best washes. Whether it's on your person, and trust me, I've done this, you do not want to dump all of it on your head. It's very true. Unless you really need you, to clump you some cleansing. Don't, you don't even want to dump, like, a significant portion of it on your head. Like, no, no. you really, de- like, just a few, a few drops will usually do uh, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, there was one time I felt so uh-huh. much in the need of just being cleansed spiritually, emotionally, physically, that I dumped a ridiculous amount uh-huh. of Florida water all over me. And I smelled like Florida water for, for three days. For, like, a week. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked. I felt much better. I was just hard to be around. Uh, <laughs> but no, so so people use that in their they use it in their in a bucket of water as a floor wash to cleanse mm-hmm. their home mm-hmm. and to protect their home. You can put it in a bath as a cleansing or protective bath. Mm-hmm. There, you know, you cannot ingest. You Florida cannot water. ingest Florida water, and that goes back to: mm-hmm. is it consumable? Yes. Is it ingestible? No. no. <laughs> um, but so, but you can, and you can wear it as a cologne. Mm-hmm. Yep. It is, it's its original purpose, it's continued intent. You can, you can still do that. You can still do that, <laughs> is to wear it as a cologne. Mm-hmm. I have a, what is effectively a potion that I make for myself pretty regularly. I don't have like, it's hard to describe exactly what its purpose is. I usually just call it a potion of Freya vibes. Mm-hmm. Where, and it's not always for connecting with Freya, but it's for like 
the purposes related to Freya's sphere of influence. So like decadence and a certain amount of romance and kind of a self-love quality and a relaxation, but also like a like a vibe check. I don't know. It's a, there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and magic, because Freya does that. And sometimes it amps you. It's, there, a lot's happening in this, but it's very simple ingredients. But it just, for some reason, hits Freya vibes for me. Mm-hmm. Cup of milk. Doesn't have, I don't mean like a culinary cup. I mean like fill a mug with milk. (laughs) (laughs) Fill a mug with milk. You can probably do this with a a plant-based milk. I don't know. I've never tried because I drink regular cow's milk. But you probably can. Mm -hmm. Um, Mug full of milk, however much you feel like is correct, of rose water, uh, a consumable rose water. Which you can get in the grocery store. Well, yeah, I, all these ingredients you can get at a standard grocery store, and that's where I get them. <laughs> so cup of milk, vibe check amount of rose water, vibe check amount of orange blossom water, and honey. And then you heat that all up in the microwave, and you stir, 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 and then you drink, and you feel like you are connected to a goddess. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to have to try that one myself. It's very good. I am obsessed with it. <laughs> Sometimes I make that every night for a week. <laughs> and there you go. That's a very simple potion, mm-hmm. but it is got a specific intention to it. Yep. And so, a potion. You have magic. Uh, Luke Guru says, so if we're defining potion as much as we can, it's two or more ingredients with some kind of solvent, consumable but not always ingestible, with a magic intention attached to it. Yes. That sounds about right. That yeah. sounds about right. For for our personal definition yeah, of a potion. that's our personal definition of a potion. Now, what you do not get with a potion, regardless of how you make it, is instantaneous effect. No. Unless you're taking, like, medicine. Yes. (laughs) And even then, it's not instantaneous. Yeah, exactly. Cough medicine takes time to, like, stop the cough. Right. I was doing a reading for a couple. They were having some Mm -hmm. marital issues. And at one point, the wife just said, because she knew I was a witch, just make me a potion and fix me. And I was like... Witch. So much going on there. That's not how it works. And no, I'm not going to make you a potion. So much we don't have time there. to unpack all of that. Yeah, but that's the idea that most people who are outside of the of the witchy mm-hmm. world they think of a potion as they think as, of as Harry Potter yeah. type stuff. So instant, you know, something you see on TV, you yeah. charmed. You know, you mm-hmm. take a potion and boom, you you, you transform into a new you transform. Or <laughs> you know, um, but that's not just like any other form of of mm-hmm. magic, of witchcraft, of spell work. You're not going to have an instantaneous result. Now, I will say that I think potions Although, can have a more immediate effect than many other kinds of spell yes, work. Yes, I would agree with that. Because they're so physical. But I, I think this this idea... I think uh, with a potion, I measure it more in terms of hours than in terms of, like, weeks mm-hmm. that I sometimes do with other uh, kinds of spell work. Yeah. I think it, it's got a shorter time frame for activation, but mm-hmm. it also has a shorter timeline for, like, endurance. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't last forever. Right. So, like, a, a potion can have a more, a closer to immediate effect, mm-hmm. but it also doesn't last as long. Yeah. I, I think that would be an accurate way they're, to do they're it. They're short term. Mm-hmm. Like, I have used potions that I've created in ritual before, whether it is something that I'm ingesting or something that I am uh, using in a bath or shower before the ritual. Mm-hmm. It is for that period of time that I'm doing the ritual that the potion is in effect, yep. especially if it's a cleansing and preparation. Yeah. I don't think I've ever made a potion that has lasted for like a single use mm-hmm. for more than like an evening. Yeah, I would say that's correct. Like that's about the timeline that you have. You've got mm-hmm. like 
maybe six hours max mm -hmm. for, for potion effectiveness, I think. Laura says, sometimes I put cinnamon and chili salt in hot chocolate and go, Loki likes this. Couldn't tell you why. It's because Loki's obsessed with hot things and cinnamon mm. for some reason. And chocolate. None of us know why. That's just a very common UPG. Mm -hmm. And spell syrups. I love that. You know. Yes. Definitely. So, yeah. Uh, Laura says, like, making simple syrups for drink mixing. That's essentially what I do with my lavender lemonade. Mm -hmm. And the great thing about making a, a simple syrup potion is that they... As long as you keep them in the fridge and you keep them correctly, um, they can last for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. So you make a simple syrup with whatever herbs or flavors or whatever you needed to mm -hmm. to include in your simple syrup. And a simple syrup is just water and sugar mm -hmm. boiled and then cooled. So you can make a simple syrup super easily. You just have to look up the ratios and mm -hmm. then you just add flavoring to it. And there are a variety of ways to get that flavoring. You can do it by boiling the simple syrup mixture with like raw ingredients or you can just use a, a flavoring mixture that, mm -hmm. that you bought from the store or whatever. But mm -hmm. if you make the simple syrup your potion, then you use it in very small amounts in other drinks mm -hmm. and transform all of those into potions. Mm -hmm. So you can really make your potion game. You can step it up. Uh-huh, next level and, and make it spread it out much farther yeah. by making a simple syrup potion. I think I'm going to step back on what I said about potions not being instantaneous. Okay. I guess in a way they are. You know, it's not yeah. going to be, it's not a long-term fix. Yeah, exactly. It's a short-term. Yeah, it's a short-term. Sort of temporary. Temporary thing. So a potion would not work for her. No. Because she was looking for a long-term fix. Yeah. Rana Gray says, now I want to try making herbal hard candies to see if they'd really work as a kind of concentrated tea when added to hot water or even just eaten. Like I buy these red ginseng candies from H Mart that are delicious and also a bit of an energy boost. Yeah, why not? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And hard candies are interesting because they have a liquid state mm -hmm. and then are transformed into a solid state. Mm -hmm. So I guess they are potions well, that become that deactivate and then yeah. are reactivated. That's the that's why I believe that balms and uh, salves mm -hmm. can be potions mm -hmm. because you are they They start, have a liquid state. They have a liquid state. When you're creating them, different types of whether it's cocoa butter or, mm -hmm. or coconut oil or yeah. you know, some kind of uh you know, some kind of a wax, if yeah. you will, a plant a plant based wax that you're melting, you're adding herbs and oils to and then solidifying. Now with this argument, are candles potions? Hmm. They're consumable. They are, but I think it's a different kind of. I I guess you could argue that it could be, but I think we'd have to we'd have to sit with that one. We'd have to sit with that one. That's interesting because the Maybe candle you, does I have think, a liquid state. Yes. Well, but I think what makes maybe a candle not a potion. Mm -hmm. Is that you don't consume the candle. Mm -hmm. It consumes the itself. flame consumes the candle. Whereas with a salve or a balm, when mm -hmm. you put it on your skin, you're actually melting it back onto your skin in its natural liquidy state. Or even when you like pour out a potion, mm -hmm. you are the act of consuming mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Whereas with a candle, you just light the candle and, and it, it consumes, consumes itself. itself over time. Yeah. So I don't think candles could be. But Rochala and Luke Guru are pointing out no solvents in candles. Oh, good point. So that would invalidate it from our... There you yeah. go. Thank you. Oh, Lore says the butter candles from the old Samhain episodes. Oh, Those might that, count. That's that true. That might count. That yeah. might count. 
Actually, yes, because it melts and then you pour it. That's true, and then you consume. And then you consume it. So that's yes, true. So I yeah, think that, that would does. count as a candle. That, that, I think that, a butter candle would count as a potion, I think, mm -hmm, yes. Because it starts as a liquid. And then you consume it. And then you it. consume it as it becomes a liquid again. Yeah, that's true. But so I had some, some tips for preserving the shelf life of your potions, mm -hmm. especially if you're making, like, a lot. often we make potions that we just sort of then immediately consume, but if you're making, like, a bulk amount of potions, mm -hmm or if you're making one uh, to hold on to for the future or something like that, or like you know an event is coming up where you're gonna lead one, mm -hmm. so you wanna pre-prepare. There are two, like two main things that you can do that are super easy mm -hmm. to extend the shelf life of, of a potion other than just keeping it in a fridge. First thing, if you're gonna keep your potions in a glass bottle, which most of us are, mm -hmm. for a variety of reasons. Bake your glass and heat your lids mm -hmm. because that will help kill the bacteria that otherwise will accumulate on the glass and will cause your potions to get moldy or tainted. Mm -hmm. The other thing is that there are three mm -hmm. natural preservatives mm -hmm. that you can use as the base for your potions. They are sugar, honey, alcohol. Mm -hmm. So simple syrups, the reason they last for a couple of weeks usually mm -hmm. is that they're largely made of sugar. Mm -hmm. Honey doesn't go bad in your cupboard because it's a natural preservative. Alcohol, same thing. Vinegar can be used as a base in a potion mm -hmm. and it can actually be used to in soups. It can, you know, and so you can also create an infusion using vinegar that also would preserve. I think kind of not enough people uh, especially white people, cook with vinegar. Cook with mm -hmm. more vinegar. It's great if you add, so one of the best things about vinegar, if you have a really tough cut of meat mm -hmm. and you wanna make a stew with it, but you know even once it's stewed, the meat is still gonna be really tough, apple add a little vinegar. bit of apple cider vinegar. That's it breaks great. down the proteins, it makes the meat super tender. Just add a little bit of apple cider vinegar to all your stews. About you a quarter will, of a cup. Yes, you will thank me. It makes such a difference. Mm -hmm. It really does. Rhiannon says, pasteurization. Yes. Yes, you can pasteurize in your home. Yeah, I think it requires a, a Dutch oven or a double broiler, but you can pasteurize in your home. And if for some reason um, you're making a tincture or, well, a tincture is actually because they're made in alcohol will last. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Automatically mm -hmm. have a shelf life. B basically forever. Yeah. But if you are making a potion that you are going to be using over a period of time, mm -hmm. but you can't necessarily preserve it, refrigerate it. Yep. Refrigerate then, all your potions, quite frankly, just, even the ones that are made out of honey or alcohol or, yeah. or, or simple syrup that are naturally preserved in some way, even mm -hmm. the ones that are pasteurized, just refrigerate them. Yep. It's that extra layer of protection. Mm -hmm. And then you can use it over the period of time that you need it. Mm -hmm. um, there are so many, so many ways that you can uh, preserve what you're making if it's not something that you're going to be consuming or imbibing immediately. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Randy Grace says, pickled eggs or onions are potions of stop talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, pickle juice would be a good mm -hmm. uh, a good base for sure. I wanted to give a couple of book re recommendations. Yes. The most iconic book on potions mm -hmm. is Scott Cunningham's Incense, Oils, and Brews. Yep. That's the classic. That's the classic. And I still have it and I still use it. There's some great recipes in there. Blackthorn's Botanical Brews. Yeah, that's a excellent, good one. excellent book. Blackthorn, who is also a friend of mine mm -hmm. uh, on Facebook, she's a Llewellyn author. Mm -hmm. uh, she is just, she's got incredible knowledge when it comes to herbs and herbalism. She makes incredible potions. And uh, her books are definitely worth purchasing. So she also has one on, I believe, on making cocktails and, mm -hmm. and 
uh, elixirs and things of that nature. So don't forget, you can use nice, fine spirits as uh -huh. your potions as well. Uh-huh. You know? Uh, mixed, mixed drinks are potions. Yeah, mixology. I say this as someone who has invented many of them now. Mm -hmm. Make mixed drinks as potions. That's right. You absolutely can. Uh, and delicious, by the way. <laughs> create, create your intention as you're mixing your, mm -hmm. your, your drink. And especially because many drinks... Very labor-intensive to mix. Mm -hmm. Might as well spend that time making it into a potion. That's right. And then you've also uh, the last one is called potions, elixirs, and brews. Anais Alexander. Mm -hmm. um, it's you know it's a very good book. Lots of information. She is also one that considers balms and um, you know soaps and things mm -hmm. of that nature to be. A, you could consider that a potion if mm -hmm. you're if you've made it from a liquid state. She right. also includes inhalants as well as as a kind of which potion. I guess do like count. Steams. I guess those probably do count by our definition because they are consumable. Mm -hmm. They have a liquid form. Mm -hmm. So gaseous. they're made with more than one ingredient and a solvent. So yeah, I yeah. guess you can. So she's yeah. one that, that believes that, that gaseous uh, is also a potion. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a great book. I, I highly recommend it. But yeah, let's talk about making uh, mixed drinks as potions. <laughs> Bartender over there. I mean, every drink has at least one alcohol. Most mixed drinks have more than one alcohol. My experience is making drinks with one alcohol because I worked in a tap room and we weren't legally allowed to use other alcohols. But you've got in a traditional mixed drink, you've got at least one spirit, usually two. Mm -hmm. You've got some kind of mixer, which could be a soda, could be a juice. Um, it's just, it's going to be some other kind of a liquid dilutant, basically. Mm -hmm. You may have syrups with various flavors to add background character to the drink. And then in a classic mixed drink, you're also going to have bitters, which are like highly concentrated alcohol, bitter flavored tinctures that you just like dash on top. Um, sometimes you'll also include something like an egg white for a foamy texture. Sometimes you'll include milk or other dairy um, for a creamy texture. And all of it is going to be either shaken or stirred, depending on the character of the drink you want it to have. Um, then garnishes, you add garnishes to the drink to, to like elevate the, the aesthetic of it, but you can also add magical garnishes, like so much you could do with mixed drinks as potions. Mm -hmm. Very exciting. Exactly. So next time you're making a mixed drink, you know, wassail, mm -hmm. hello, or, or, you know, Christmas punch. I also want to, because uh, as Laura and I are thinking the same thing, simmer pots, Yes. Um, I would like to, you know, your your basic Yule simmer pot, mm -hmm. put a, which I'm planning to do on uh, Yule, mm -hmm. is you got your pot of water, you throw in oranges, lemons, Clove. cloves, cinnamon, uh, you know, and, and let it just... Just let it boil. Let it boil. <laughs> well, simmer. Simmer. Let it simmer and let the vapors permeate the room. Mm -hmm. And as you're throwing those ingredients into mm -hmm. the pot, as you're stirring it, as you're going back to it to check on it, you know, infuse what you want your intention to be for whether it's peace mm -hmm. or prosperity or the coming, re the return of the sun, right. whatever it is that uh, these different elements are representative to you, mm -hmm. stir that into that simmer pot and then let it do its work. And then it's infusing your entire house an exciting concept. It is. I love they're, potions. They're so accessible. I think in we, so many forms. Exactly. I think if we get out of the mindset of the traditional idea that it has to be something you drink, mm -hmm. 
And, and it has to be this labor intensive. Yeah, and if you get away from that concept, you you it is much more accessible. Mm -hmm. It's accessible think, to any level of witch. Exactly. I or think magical we've, practitioner. we've talked before about how candles are one of the most accessible uh -huh. forms of magic available. Mm -hmm. I think potions, if you think about them the right way, mm -hmm. can be as accessible as candle magic to everyone on on every stage of your witchcraft journey like from babyest beginner mm -hmm. to eldest witch like if you want to if you're if you're creating a ritual bath and you want to create a potion to pour into mm -hmm. that bath you take a pot of water mm -hmm. you boil it you throw in rosemary you throw in some rue if mm -hmm. you have it anything else that you want that lavender lavender uh you let that simmer I for put a maybe while some lemon slices in. yeah lemon slice let it simmer for a while let it cool mm -hmm obviously, and depending on whether you're going to pour it over yourself in a shower mm -hmm. or pour add it, it into a bath, you add it to a bath, you have created a potion with the intention for whatever your ritual is. Mm -hmm. And my favorite, my favorite, honestly, is the, the morning tea. And I, I have not taken advantage of that. And I think I'm going to start now that we've had this discussion about potions. Mm -hmm. I haven't taken advantage of that because my God, you go into a grocery store and you've got, you know, your various different tea blends. Oh, yeah. uh, they've already got your intentions. Yeah, half right. the time. You, half the time it's right there on the fucking box. Ha half the herbal brands especially are yeah. like, this is good for blah, blah, blah. We can't make any claims. It's in the title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's in the, its intention is in the title mm -hmm. uh, of whatever blend you're, you're picking out. And so, if you don't know what kind of a of a, a potion you want to create, mm -hmm. but you know you want to have something to focus on for the day, grab one of your tea boxes, go, oh, that one sounds good, mm -hmm. and make yourself a cup of tea and infuse it with your magic, and there you go. You've created a potion to imbibe before you begin your day. And in a pinch, I think you can take a mouthful of water and a mint yeah. <laughs> and just swish it around in your mouth. <laughs> you know? Your mouth can be a cauldron. That's right. I hope people are as excited about potion making as mm -hmm. I am. And I hope this has ex excited you to expand your understanding of what potion making is and that it can be a variety of things that you're already doing. Mm -hmm. If you have witch hazel uh, toner in mm -hmm. your kit, in yeah, your like, bathroom, and, which is a cosmetics thing, which is a cosmetics thing, you can use that as a potion for a glamour. Mm -hmm. Loop Guru says traditional medicinals, that's a tea brand, yep, they know yep, what they're up I to. I love that one. Adds also an easy way to practice while in the closet. Yes. This is such a good point. Such a good point. Because drinking tea is a perfectly normal person activity. Mm -hmm. And like I said, your intentions are listed on the box. Uh -huh. And you don't have to do a big drama about how you're turning your tea into a potion. You can do all that work internally mm -hmm. and just drink your tea and no one's going to bat an eye. No one's going to know. No one's going to bat an eye. We're going to call it there, I guess? Yeah, I think that's it. I think we could probably talk about potions for another hour, but there's no need no, we to. We've, we've sort of covered everything yeah, and that we intended to. Everything else would just be repeating ourselves. Yeah, exactly. And as far as like, you know, what do you use kind of herbs, that is totally up to you. What is speaking to you? Mm -hmm. Follow your intuition. And also follow like the poison control guidelines. Yes, please. And make sure that ingredients you're using are not contraindicated by any medications you're on. That's correct. And that is whether you are imbibing or consuming mm -hmm. because uh, these things can be uh, they can they can penetrate the they can penetrate the skin into the into the blood into the bloodstream. So just be you know make sure you're paying attention to what it is you're using mm -hmm. and use them with caution. Even inhalants because yes. like frankincense can penetrate the blood brain barrier. Mm -hmm. So double check all the contraindications with your medication. Talk mm -hmm. to your doctors, all that kind of stuff. Yep. 
Make Definitely. good health decisions. Always make good health decisions. Be cautious, but uh, have some fun. Figure out mm-hmm. what does your potion making look like. Mm-hmm. Asks, do I have a favorite potion? Uh, my favorite potion is the the potion of Freya vibes that I mentioned before. But I do think, like for for even easier than that. My favorite potion is Alchemist's Gold from... Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was thinking about that earlier today, and I meant to mention it. We have one of from the best... From Apothecary Teas. We have one of the best potion makers who yeah. is one of our, our patrons. Apothecary Teas, the intention is right there. Alchemist's Gold is probably my favorite of the teas just to drink. I use it for a variety of purposes, just sort of depending on my vibes on that day. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, she's got a one that's great for, like, if you have... If, when it's cold season. Mm-hmm. Can't can't remember what it's called right now. I can't either off the top of my head. Just go to apothecaryteastore.com yeah. and, and browse through the herbal teas. <laughs> absolutely. My favorite potion I've already discussed is the lavender lemonade. It is absolutely one of my favorite things to to do, especially if there's tension in a in a room. So, so we're gonna that's potions. That's potions. We're gonna wrap up. You can find us on Google if you Google the number three and the letters P A A C or the letters the number three and the words pagans and a cat. You can find us on a variety of places. You will no longer find us on Twitter because I deactivated it. That's right. Because somewhat like, what even is the point of Twitter anymore? But you can still find us on Facebook and Discord, uh, where we have community groups for y'all to hang out. We have a Patreon that you can join. Gwyn has a TikTok, which she uses pretty frequently. I enjoy it a lot. Mm-hmm. And all the other stuff I think you can find linked on our website, threepickinsonacat.com. That's right. Oh, one final parting potion for you in this season of cold. Mm-hmm. Hot water, lemon, and honey. Yes. That's the standard. <laughs> Maybe with a little pinch of cayenne. Uh-huh. That's the classic. That's the singer's remedy. That's right. <laughs> I, I didn't even learn that from my mom. I learned that from my choir teacher <laughs> in middle school. That's who I learned it from myself. Uh-huh. Yeah. My choir teacher. Singer's remedy. Yep. (laughs) Don't need anything else. That'll do ya. That'll do ya. All right. So the final potion for this cold and flu season. Go forth and brew. Go forth and brew. Mm Mm-hmm.